theoretically possible. Why waste time? But it doesn't make any sense. Discovery Houston press to ATO. Three, two, one. Good day, my wonderful friends. How are you, Quinn? Doing great. How about you? I'm very good. I'm looking forward to this conversation. We went on a bit of an exploration yesterday, but we didn't do it in the real world. We did it in the virtual space, which is a bit weird, but that's the way we do it. It's not weird. It's maybe weird to people who have never experienced it before, but it makes sense. I mean, think about how many hours a day you are actually on the internet. Mm. You are in a virtual world. You are in a virtual state of mind, right? Where you're not actually physically interacting with things other than what's digitally there. That's interesting. I mean, it makes you question what is the term for a world. But yes, this was as if we had an avatar and we were walking around exploring. I mean, a lot of people probably do this on a daily basis with video games nowadays. Yeah. But we are not gamers. We are I I barely play video games. Actually, I don't even freaking play video games. I mean, let's keep it real. But some people, they, I don't, there's some people that live more in the video game world than they do in the real world. Yeah. And this virtual world that we were playing around in, it's not a video game. It's more focused on a decentralized platform that allows people to do whatever they want. It's not like there's a an endpoint, like a goal at the end of the video game. It's more about kind of for us it was all about exploration. Like, yeah. hey, what's over here? Hey, what's this over here? What can we do? And we did it together. You did it on your computer, I did it on mine, and we walked around together and we explored yeah. some different areas. Yeah, so we were exploring decentral land. That mm-hmm. is one of these decentralized um virtual worlds and what makes it decentralized is it's essentially you know usually when you go on facebook that's a centralized world right platform where the the servers are owned by facebook everything Mm -hmm. is owned by facebook so they therefore they have the power to take whatever they want down or to restrict things right? right um you know which can be good or bad in certain situations now decentral the, the decentral part of this world is that there is no single server. There is no single entity that any one other entity like a business actually owns. It's dispersed and it's distributed all around the world. So there are different servers. So it's basically a land in which it would be very, very difficult, nearly impossible to actually shut down mm. because it is dispersed all around uh, the world with on different servers, right? Mm-hmm. So um, Decentraland was really interesting because this is definitely one of the major ones um, in the world of decentralized virtual worlds, right? Um, Using the blockchain, using blockchain technology, essentially, to um, create this. And so it was really, really fun to do it with you, I think. Mm. But we did, um, you know, the experience, I mean, it really opened our eyes to potentially what this could be in the future and how far it might have to go. Yeah, I I, want to try to really make sure that we're explaining it as clear as possible because it's so difficult to explain but you did an excellent job when it comes to a decentralized world it's as though it's the internet no one owns the internet and no one can have partial ownership of the internet if you go to a website on the internet that website is centralized in some form or another right and that's kind of what decentraland provides is it's like the internet and you can actually buy things in this virtual world that you have ownership of 
and you can make money in that decentralized land that you own. So a lot of businesses or individuals have taken different parts of land in Decentraland. Now it's going for a lot of money. I mean, we're talking five figures. I think it's over 50K for little plots of land now. And on this land, you can sell different things like pieces of art or virtual clothing. It sounds weird, I know. We, you can also go on there and gamble. There's a lot of virtual casinos. So you go into a casino, there's fake little like bots and you can go and play blackjack or roulette. And you can play with your friends and you can, if you uh, lose your money, it doesn't go back to Decentraland. It goes to the owner of the casino, the person who bought the virtual land and built a virtual casino on it. And so it is really a whole nother world. And I've only experienced, this is the second virtual world that we've participated in. The first one being Crypto Voxels. So this is all brand new to us, and I think it would be fun to just share with our friends our experience of it. It was a lot of fun, but it was also a big learning curve for me, for sure. But I did feel that sense of, hey, we're kind of going on a walk, on a journey together, and yeah. we're seeing it all. Well, I, it kind of, in a way, reminded me, so when we first, you go in and you create your own avatar, and you can make it look like you or not look like you, you can be anyone else anyone you want in this world right? ours look like us yeah but you know you don't have to you can be whoever you want so if you yeah. wish that you were a dude you could actually and you're a woman in the physical world you could actually be a dude in decentraland yeah. and no yeah. one would actually know right and you can change your name my name was mike yeah your name was mike my, <laughs> mine was feinstein <laughs> which is just a funny little name that john has come up with and it's just like you could be synonymous you could be completely anonymous or you can be who you are right it's it's completely up to you but mm-hmm. what it reminded me of when we were first exploring and walking around was kind of similar to the way that we explore and walk around a new place that we've traveled to, right? So, mm. you know, when we uh, traveled over to Vietnam and we went to the beach town Moine, for example, we didn't know very much about Moine. There wasn't very much on the internet to talk about. Like, there are videos, you know, that kind of show what to do or where to go or whatever, kind of. But it's um, it's a totally different experience actually being there yourself and exploring. So you're just kind of walking around with no, I'm not hungry necessarily. I just kind of want to <laughs> explore and you know, scope out what's going on. What What is there to do around here, right? Yeah, we weren't looking for food. That's we the difference between this experience and Moine. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> One of the biggest ones. So you go in and they... I mean, you when you enter, you kind of you drop in. If you don't have a specific area that you've linked to drop into, it puts you into this area where it's kind of like the beginner, like here you are in Decentraland. Welcome. It's the Decentraland it's like a Plaza. Hub. Yeah, it's a plaza. And it basically kind of helps inform whoever is there for the first time or maybe you've been there several times, but it helps navigate where you want to go. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really interesting. And the bots in there, so there are bots in there that are programmed to basically help individuals um, navigate and explore and learn more about Decentraland. And the bots are, I mean, they could be as simple as just here. Uh, what do you want to learn about? Are you interested in NFT art? Okay. Mm-hmm. And you say yes. And so then that bot is programmed to essentially list out all the different places that you can go to go and see and explore NFT art. Mm-hmm. And 
um, it actually allows you to just, when you're interested in one specific area as they're listing it, you can just click on it and it'll actually just put you right there. Mm -hmm. And so that's one type of bot. And then another type of bot would be, you know, AI where it's actually conversing with you. And we didn't experience that. We just, we really interacted with the ones that were already programmed there to just kind of help beginners because yeah. we were beginners. This is our first time really exploring this space. Yeah, we're basically learning the controls in real time. Yeah. And you can do a lot with the controls. Not only can you choose where you look and the view of it, but you could wave, you could dance. I blew my wife a kiss. There's yeah. all different things you can do in Decentraland to give you your personality uh, a little more character in the virtual world. And so it was, it was very fun. The other thing I want to mention is in that central plaza, there's on the walls different things that are going on specifically like hey there's an event going on over here and it'll tell you how many people are at that live event and sometimes it could be like an art gallery opening and the owner of the art or the artist itself him or herself is presenting their art and you can go and you can attend and then there's also different areas for games and what i really like about the wall is it tells you how many people are in each area mm -hmm. so you know hey i'm going into a crowded area or hey i'm going to this place and i'm just going to be alone and you get to pick and choose and you click it and literally you're teleported there just in a few seconds and all of a sudden new area to explore yeah it's really really fascinating and you can actually click on the you know map at any time and see where you are at and actually just go ahead and explore from a super macro point of view right mm -hmm. like as if you were in a helicopter and just wanting to say okay What's over here? What's over there? Oh, I want to go over here because it seems like this is some sort of like a casino district or this mm -hmm. is the art district or whatever. And I, want, I, I don't know exactly where I want to go, but I know I want to be in that art district. So let's go over here. And you can... And so you start realizing that this world is literally being built out in real time, right? Mm -hmm. There are lots of empty lands. There are lots of plots that people own, but there's nothing built on them either. Mm -hmm. And so right now, early days, very, very early days, there are places where people are building out different in different buildings for different uses, right? So you've mm -hmm. got like museums, you've got skate parks, you've got, I mean, you've got casinos, which are also really interesting as well. It's like the Vegas in the, in the Decentraland. You got clubs. You got clubs. Like a jazz club. Mm -hmm. There's an EDM club. So there's a lot to explore. What were some of the highlights for you when we were checking it out? Yeah, so I really liked when you got dropped in to the Decentraland Plaza, there were, like John said, those boards where there were live events and you could see how many people were there and you can go and explore that way. You could also, there was a diving board where there was a fountain that just went down and you didn't know where it went. You could just jump off the diving board and go down into that. And where it took you was this like, this futuristic bar that kind of almost reminded me of, you know, the bar in, uh, in Star Wars, you know, where Boba Fett is mm -hmm. and people are sitting at different booths and different, you know, or at the bar and yeah. you can go and talk to them. Those people are usually, those are the bots that you could interact with and say, okay, well, what are, what am I interested in? You just don't know exactly what they're going to be talking to you about, but you go and you interact. So it's kind of teaching the behavior of, of what you can do. Like you can mm -hmm. speak to people and um, so I thought that was really interesting. And that's how I then eventually got to uh, explore different parts of Decentraland. There's this one district called the Voltaire District, which is the art district. Like it's really focused on NFT art and museums and stuff like that. But when I was talking to the bot, I wanted to see how far <laughs> it went. Like basically, like what are all the different 
aspects of NFT art that Decentraland can offer besides that one area that we kind of know is where most of the art is going down. Mm. And um, it suggested a new underground skate park where a lot of um, you know underground NFT artists and musicians and X, Y, and Z are. And I was like, oh, well, that sounds kind of cool. So I went there and it was a skate park. And I just thought like, okay, well, can I skate here? What's going on here? You know, and there were, there were definitely... Um, you know, pieces of art, a digital art displayed all over the place. And it was just really interesting because it, it made me think about, you know, if I could like, because John like is a hu- was a huge skateboarder when he was younger. And that's a huge part, I think, of some some of the underground culture with NFT digital art also is kind of akin to the ethos of the skating community as well. Hmm. And so to me, it made me think, oh, well, if you could build a skate park, what would your dream skate park be? And that mm. just, that just, I know it sounds really simple, but what else could have made me think that, you know, like mm. being there made me really think like, what would be the coolest skate park that I could ever envision? And you can build it in there Yeah, and it would and cost way less quickly. money. Yeah. yeah. It would cost way less money. That's for sure. Cause the only resource that's required is basically time right. and the program that you're using to create it. So it's very interesting. There are some cons that I do want to talk about. And the first con that I want to bring up is it is very demanding on computers. Yeah. We have decent computers. I mean, we're not like super gamers and we don't have like the top tier item. I would say we have one of our computers is really, really good. One is okay. And it overheated both of our computers pretty yeah. quickly. And I think that's because virtual reality is very demanding on a computer. When we did it in Stillwater at the virtual reality lab, they had to have a special gaming computer to be able to load the graphics quickly and allow real-time interactions. Mm -hmm. And for just a laptop, it's it's difficult. I think gaming computers are something that's essential. And I think we're going to see that we're going to see the com- uh, the computers adapt to this technology to enable it to be a bit of a smoother experience. Yeah. And yeah, the graphics themselves, they don't look like, you know, real life. It's not bad. It reminds me a little bit of like better than we yeah. graphics. So they're like cartoons. You can definitely see features. Um, you can see details, but it wasn't to the degree of, oh my gosh, this almost looks like real like it wasn't even at like tony hawk and playstation 4 level yeah it was quite behind but what do you expect when they're building a whole entire world and it's open source essentially yeah and so i do think that's going to come together the other thing that you mentioned we've, we've talked about a little bit but this isn't virtual reality this is just on a screen you're using your mouse you're using your keys and you're walking around and it I think for it to really thrive, it's going to have to get to the point where you're putting on the goggles and you're putting on the hand controllers mm-hmm. and you're able to walk around and explore virtual worlds and interact with people in real time. Yeah. Do you think that it's going to be a while till we see all that come together? I do. Yeah, they're working on it. They're definitely working on it. But I think that the use of the underlying technology presents... Um, the, the difficulties in this innovation basically it is new this is this is different than if it would be more it might one could argue it might be more efficient if it was on a centralized server right i think i think that's a good argument yeah and so it'll have to work the kinks out and that will take time but i just i do think that it will happen over time and it's 
actually, it was really fun to be in it and know that this is early days, mm-hmm. right? I don't, this is obviously not going to be where it rests. This is not hmm. going to be the same in two years, five years, 10 years. Mm-mm. It's definitely going to progress in innovation. They're going to figure this out. But it is, it, it's definitely not, you don't feel like you're, you're really immersed into, you know, the real world by yeah. any means. But it is, it's a new way of interacting with the internet too, right. if you think about it. I mean, it's not like you're scrolling on a feed that's endless, right? Mm-hmm. Where you really have, like, this is not a passive activity. Mm-hmm. You're there and you're engaged. You are fully immersed, well, as immersed as you can be in this world mm-hmm. on the computer. And it's very different than just, you know, being on Facebook or on Instagram or whatever yeah. and just w- watching other things. And so this is the the premise of this world right now as it exists is really it's being built out and you're to explore and gain other gain your own ideas mm-hmm. for what could you do? What mm-hmm. could you create? I think that's one of the most powerful things to me about this world that we explored yesterday was it almost encourages one when you're in there to really imagine how could this evolve? How mm-hmm. could, if this is starting from really, really not, well, yeah, basically scratch. Mm. Other people have been building. Obviously, this has been going on for a few years now. But this still has so much potential. What mm-hmm. would you want to do? Yeah. And that's um, not always the case when you're just kind of passively watching things or, mm-hmm. or looking up um, people's different stats. One thing I did also notice was, you know, a lot of the designs are pretty similar to each other. I think that will evolve eventually as well. I think it's because it's open source and people don't necessarily have the skills to create buildings from scratch in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like 3D model software, essentially. People just kind of take what other people have done and you, they apply it into their own area, which yeah. is totally fine. It makes sense. But I think that will evolve the creativity of how different buildings are presented. Right. Um, and especially because you can like fly in the world, you know, mm. like why would you need an elevator if someone could fly? Yeah. <laughs> For example, or why would you need stairs or an escalator or whatever? Yeah. So, um, I don't know, just like rethinking the utility use cases of the buildings and why they're there. Are they there to like shock and awe? Is it, is it, is it a business? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot that's going to be developed from it. I would recommend to our listeners, like if you get a chance, if you have a few minutes, you should check out these worlds. They're interesting. Are they there yet to where we kind of envision them going? Not, not, not even close. But I think it's a good entry point. If you have a decently fast computer with decently fast internet speed, check out Decentraland. Just Google it. And if your computer is a bit slower or you don't have very quick internet, type in CryptoVoxels. CryptoVoxels, it's even worse graphics than Decentraland, but you could use it on your phone or even on your iPad. And you can check out different museums and walk around. And it's interesting. I think it's so important for people to see what this could become. You're looking at it at the most basic level. This is taking video games to what they are today. And this is me showing you Atari, the very first video game platform where you're playing the little, what is it, the, the block yeah. with the bricks and the ball and you're trying to hit the ball you know what i'm talking yep. about so this is like pre tetris but imagine where it could go and if you look at where they were when they first invented video games 25 years where did it go from there 25 years from now where will it go i think this is the seedling to something spectacular yes i agree and it, and also i think one of the things that made us both realize is it, it 
it almost expanded our view of where NFTs can go as well, right? Mm. So, I mean, when you buy a plot of land, that's essentially a non-fungible token, right. right? That's your token. And so what could you do with that token other than just hold on to it, mm-hmm. right? If, if you buy a plot of land and nothing's built on it, what's the point of it, right? Yeah. So it makes you realize, I mean, it just, it just expands your imagination for what that file type, that code of an, an NFT, how can that really um, expand into the future? So like we've talked about the casinos, the casino, for example, is owned. I mean, we've got Atari is actually building in Decentraland right now as right. well. So you've got companies who are building in Decentraland, but that doesn't mean that individuals can't build either. It's mm-hmm. like kind of uh, free open right now for yeah. anyone to come in. But the casinos um, have been purchased by uh, or have been built by certain companies and you can actually um, buy a little tiny bit of the casino and gain money that people actually win or lose, yeah. right? When like they're gambling. A, it's like a stock, but for a very, a much smaller company, you know, it's, right. it, it's like a publicly traded company that's smaller yeah. because, you know, these are, we're at the earliest days here. And so some people are getting, involved by buying a part of the ownership of it and then in doing so they earn the right to be able to vote on future decisions Mm -hmm. with the whole entire fund which some of them like the biggest ones are in the millions of dollars worth of of value on that piece of land or that building or that structure or that company Mm -hmm. that owns multiple pieces of land and is making money or aiming to make money from it very interesting very weird there's a million things we could talk. We didn't even talk about the wallet aspect of it. Yeah. But I think we should save this for another day because we're just we're, we're, we're just tipping the iceberg. Yeah, this is just a little bit of introduction to hopefully get you all, you know, encourage you all to actually go and, and try to experience it yourself. So I hope that you do. And we look forward to speaking with you tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Bye.